and welcome to episode one, Terrorvision Horror Podcast. Uh, my name is Dan McGuinness, the Limb Collector, and I have my co-host here, Jennifer, the Dream Warrior Strand. Hello. How are you going? Oh, pretty good for a Monday. Mm. So we're two people with the only credentials we've got is blood, gore, and an obsolete blockbuster membership. <laughs> and we just want to talk crap about horror and have fun doing it, basically, don't we, Jen? Ah, uh, yes, please. So mm. much fun. So um, oh, well, I guess because this is the first episode, we should kind of introduce ourselves. So my name is Dan McGuinness, as I said, or you can call me the Limb Collector from my obsession with collecting, chopping off limbs in horror video games. I am the uh, co- one of the co-owners of Greenlight Comics in um, Adelaide in South Australia. I'm also an, an artist, uh, a children's book artist, so it's a bit different from being a horror fan. So I, uh, I am, uh, when I say artist, I'm a, a children's book illustrator. I mostly do most of my work through, uh, with Scholastic, but I also do um, uh, uh, you know, my own kind of stuff as well. I am a horror fan. I'm a massive horror fan. Otherwise, I wouldn't be hosting a horror podcast. And also, I have a love of video games, and I um, am also the co-host of a web show about video games called Hack the Dino over on YouTube, and I've got a cat, and that's about it about me. Jen, do you want to talk about you, what, what you, what, who you is you are? Who is I am? Uh, who you are. I, my name is Jen. Um, I run Trailer Trash Review, which is an absolute dumpster fire of sites, and I say that because there's very little happening over there at the moment. I'm pretty lazy. Uh, but I'm getting back into it, don't you worry. Hmm. Um, I am a lover of trash horror, so the the worse the better. So if I can get that 1.4 star rating on IMDb, I'm going to watch the shit out of that film. You better believe yeah. it. I always notice it when you come around to my house and you're like, you've bought a movie and you're like, this is so good. And we watch it and I'm just like, it wasn't good. Like, <laughs> but it, and, but, but I understand was. why you love it, but I'm just like, oh, my God, like that Tammy and the T-Rex. Hey, Tammy what? and the T-Rex is so good. And don't you worry, I've got a better one up my sleeve. So Ooh. just what is, just you wait. Was it called Tammy? It's Tammy and the T-Rex, yeah. But her name's not Tammy in it, remember? Her name was something <laughs> else. It was like Tammy or something. Like, do you remember it was different oh. from the title? It was weird. Yeah, that does sound about right. Anyhow, you can keep going. You're, <laughs> a, vi- you're, you're a collector of vinyl. Yeah, I have uh, quite a significantly large... Uh, Pop vinyls? Vi- not pop vinyls. Um, okay, everyone has pop vinyls. Uh, I collect vinyl soundtracks, so a lot of horror soundtracks on vinyl. Um, collection is growing. It is a very expensive hobby, but what can you do? Uh, I also collect T-shirts. So if many of you know me in real life, uh, you know that I have a shit ton of shirts, and they're all pretty damn good. Yeah, man. Is your wardrobe massive? Because you're always wearing a new T-shirt when I see you. Yeah, um, I don't have a wardrobe. I have a pile. So basically there's about four or five piles of shirts stacked up halfway up the wall because I can't fit them in an actual wardrobe. Is it like a nest? It's where you like create, where you breed more t-shirts? Yeah, like, you know, just plant the seeds, put some cotton in, bam, t-shirt. It's great. It's also where my cat likes to sleep. And you have like a, an Instagram purely for your t-shirts, don't you? Well, yes, I do. Mostly. It, I, you can follow me uh, at Jennifer Rose, J-E-N-F-R-R-O-S-E, on pretty much everything. And yes, I do post my shirts when I feel comfortable and confident. Excellent. So let's move. <laughs> <laughs> comfortable and confident. That is not what this podcast is about. Oh, hell uh, no. 
So let's move on to the, the this week in horror, the horror news. So this week we have seven stories of horror. Is it just this week or have we just got the... Are we going to be able to sustain seven stories every week? I reckon uh, it doesn't matter. We can... We can, we can make up news because that's what everyone else does. So why not? Yeah, just like, I watched something. News. <laughs> All right. So what's the first story, Jen? Uh, well, Nev or Neve, I still can't remember, but I don't really care. Nev Campbell is in talks to return for Scream 5. Mm. Um, obviously, with the COVID situation, there's not a lot is going ahead at this stage, but she has been talking with the producers and she's actually pretty confident and comfortable coming back. Um, she was saying that she was not 100% thrilled about it because uh, obviously Wes Craven, God rest his beautiful, beautiful soul. Um, Is Wes Craven dead? He, Yeah, he, yes, he died. Oh, shit. Yeah, he died. A- Fre- Freddie got him. Oh. Yep, well... Yeah, uh, died a couple of years ago, so that's sad. Um, so she said that she had originally been apprehensive about doing another screen without him because he was such a genius and he's the reason that they are what they are. Um, but they came to her with a great appreciation for his work and that obviously meant a lot for her. So Man. I'm pretty keen because Scream is probably one of my all-time favorite films. Um, oh, it's a masterpiece. It's such a good film. I was obsessed, and it's Neve Campbell. I'm pretty sure it's Neve. It's Neve. Oh, I can never remember. You it's not Neve. Na- it's, <laughs> it's not Neve, but I'm sure everyone will, you know, throw in their two cents of how you pronounce her name. Mm. Um, so yes. I was obsessed with her growing up. Uh, she was on, was it Party of Five? She was originally. Yeah, no, she no, was no. on Party of Five. No, was it Party of Five? No, or was that Abby yes. Tucker? No, no, she was on Party of Five, yeah. Party of Five. That's how I first saw her, and I, I created a basically a shrine for her as a as a teenage boy in my bedroom. Got all my like my you know my my well, the magazine smash hits or weekly hits or whatever it was. Got all the f- pictures of her, stuck her up on the wall. Yeah. After a while, it didn't need any sticky tape to keep those, <laughs> those those pictures stuck on the wall. But like, do you know what's really interesting? Same. No? Same. Oh, same. <laughs> she was like my first. Ulti- I mean, Jamie Lee Curtis is the ultimate scream queen, but Nev Campbell is the scream queen of my heart. Holy shit, did I have a crush on her. Still she, do. She's the scream queen of your generation. I like Pretty it. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, but how good are screams? Like, let's just take a moment to talk about scream. Like, Ugh. I remember watching it in high school. Um, I'm a bit older than you. Uh, yes. So I saw it. It came out when I was in high school. So I was like the teen, you know, exact person. And like... Up until the, at that point, I mean, Scream's been out for long enough. We can do spoilers. Yes, um, of up until that point, like, I had no idea watching that film that there was going to be more than one killer. And I don't think there's been many films after that that there have been two killers. Like, Not really. I mean, they, I think they did maybe a couple of things in Saw. Um, later on, there was, like, the girl, one of the, wasn't it, like, there was the guy and then one of the, like, Stockholm Syndrome, like, one of the victims from one of the yeah. other films helped him. Yes. Um, but yeah, yeah, like throwing that on people was just like it was an awesome like twist, and they did it so well because they killed off the character a little bit before it. So you're like, well, it's not him. I remember everyone saying that when they're watching it, when they rewatch it, and I'd seen it, and they're like, well, it wasn't him then. And I'm sitting there going, Haha, dickhead, <laughs> suckers. Oh <laughs> yeah. Uh, nah, yeah, no, scream. it it fantastic film. Uh, I remember, so it came out what ninety six, ninety seven, ninety six, I reckon, and. Obviously, I'd missed it at the cinema a uh, bit young at the time, so I probably wouldn't have been allowed to see it at the cinema at the time anyway. And uh, so I had it on VHS. At that point, I had 
pilfered my local video short shots collection. Mm, and, as in, uh, literally stole them. Uh, not stole as such, but you know, I remember marching my ass back down there. I watched Candyman, and I was hated it so bad that I marched down there and demanded a second film. And so which, you're not a you fan know. of Candyman either, because I don't yeah. like Candyman, and I, I, I was feel... I was hanging out with King Kaiju uh, not yesterday, day before, or yesterday, and he just bought all the the um the Candyman VHSs, and I'm like, do you like that? See, I never wow. liked it. He's like, yeah, man, it's wicked. Five times in the mirror, like classic. And I'm like, okay. To me, it just yeah. didn't, it didn't, it didn't ring true as a true horror film to me. It was like, it's almost like they tried to put too much story in there. <laughs> yeah. That was a bit pity, you know, or, you know, I'm so sad. Like, you know, I died and now I'm back with bees. Nah. Bees. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the bees. Yeah. I wasn't a fan. Uh, and I was like 10 or 11 at the time when I saw it and I just, I walked down there and I basically handed it over. I said, this is shit. And he just gave me another film. So yeah. It's like, I'm not arguing with you, Jen. Uh, no. if, if you say a horror movie shit, it's shit. Let me, uh, <laughs> let me just sacrifice this to a lesser God out the back. <laughs> right. But yeah. But I, uh, I, I'm, I'm keen for the remake, but yeah, I, I just, yeah, can't do it. Yeah. But uh, so Scream, back to Scream. Scream oh, five. Yeah. I don't believe, I don't reckon I see number four. I reckon I miss that, hey? Like, okay, four is solid. Four is a solid film. And I love that everyone on Twitter is all of a sudden jumping on this like, oh, Scream 4, is that was a really solid film. Like, it was always a solid film. You guys are just figuring that out now. Like, fuck off. It's great. <laughs> Which was the one that had um, uh, Arquette as the main character? Dewey? Dewey? Is that his name? He's in all of them. He's in all of them. But wasn't there one where he was the prime, like, is Neve Campbell the main character in all of them? Yeah. And did she yeah, ever turn? I, did she ever turn up as the baddie in one of them? Because I swear she did. Hey, but no. she was she was the murderer. No, I think there was discussions about making that happen, but it never did. I mean, Scream Four, she sort of took more backseat to a new generation of characters, uh, which were all pretty terrible, except for the McCulkin boy, um, <laughs> but. Yeah, like she's been solid the whole way through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, have I lost you? Are oh, you there, Jim? No, you're I'm back. Here. You're I'm back. Here. You're back. Oof. In this day of working from home, we expect these kind of challenges when doing podcasts. But um, yeah. So Scream Five, it's going to be good. Like, yeah, I would like it because it is set in the Wes. It's Wes Craven, right? Yes. And and you said he's passed on, which I didn't even know. So like. Tickle me a, a bloody amateur. Um, it'd be great if they could just merge. I mean, they're up to five. They might need to rejigger it, maybe like merge in some more of his folklore of some of his other films and make it so it's like a, um, oh, I don't know. Or do you reckon that just wouldn't work? Like you couldn't like bring Freddy in there? <laughs> oh, come on, please, for a crossover, yes. But only if Robert England is involved. And that, is, that is true. He's, he's pretty much said he's not ready or not happy to do another nightmare um but he is willing to lend his voice to an animated version which would be very interesting i think yeah that would work pretty good depending on how horror it goes where you want to do like you need to get the great animators in like the good ones right not like those bloody dc dc animators which i hate (laughs) hate dc animation i don't understand it like the storylines are pretty good so you know it's true but yeah i just can't handle it that's just me as a as a uh an animation Bloody tough. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's move on to the second story. So what have we got? Friday the 13th turns 40. 
Yes. So oh. Friday the 13th turned 40 on the 9th of this month. So, I mean, happy birthday, Friday the 13th. Jason. Uh, Jason. Such a good... So, fantastic franchise spawned 10 sequels, crossover movie, fan films, video games, comic appearances. It has an incredible toy line, uh, soundtrack releases and re-releases. Uh, there is even a board game uh, being released later this year. So, it, it is and has spawned one of the most prominent characters in horror history. And, you know, Tom Savini lending all his talent to creating such a horrific and bloody and disgusting film. I, I, lo- I love, love as it. as Jason went on how haggard he kept getting. It was just like, you know, like, and I was kind of like they trying to keep the continuity like you had him. And then the, the one where, you know, he gets the axe kind of in his head and that, that, that axe wound was kind of in the mask for ages yeah. like in the other films. And when they chained him to the bottom of the river and he came out and he had the chains over him. I can't remember which ones were which. Um, so and then like, you know, when the telekinesis lady smashes his face off and then later he just finds another hockey mask. <laughs> like, yep. just, oh, like, they're oh, just laying around. They're everywhere. Yeah. It's fine. That'll work. Well, they are in the hockey. <laughs> they are in the hockey capital of the world, so there might be yeah. more hockey masks lying around those places. Not it's true. I mean, I used to remember going into sports stores just to look at hockey masks because it reminded me of Jason. I, I actually own a couple of hockey masks just because you know I wanted to have a Jason mask, and this was back before NECA were producing replicas and all these decent things. So I've got like a really shitty, I think two dollar mask from a shop twenty. 25 years ago that I bought and then I've got like some crazy uh metal one that was given to me as a gift um I think it was like oh, like a or something. like a Jason X one not a Jason X one uh just a standard hockey mask but it's it's all metallic um so I think someone was hand making them and uh my I think my brother bought it for me actually but yeah it's pretty cool so I've got that sitting in the collection as well no actual replica collections because it's too too many to collect yeah, that's crazy. Um, yeah. I'm just going to work out how many. Um, so Jason Voorhees has killed approximately 146 people um, in 12 films. That's wow. pretty good. That's a 12.2 slaughters per film, I think, like on an average. <laughs> like pretty. That's a pretty solid film. And he's a bit of a limb, limb collector as well. I saw last night you guys were actually streaming uh, Friday the 13th and there were the a game. Of- yes. Yes. There were a couple of uh, limb limbs being torn, which was yes, yeah. We um, I also <laughs> had one where the, he splits your legs open so much and bends your legs back. Yes, and, um, that I was actually a good one. in the recut of the video, I actually put every time he did that and stalked a woman, I put the Cosby Show music on. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Okay, so I watched you play that for a good couple of hours last night, but I'm definitely gonna have to. Check out the highlight clip. It's pretty check good. Check out the highlight clip. Yeah. It was it was a comedy of errors, I feel. I think at one point you needed to have the Benny Hill music playing. Yeah, there is Benny like, there is Benny Hill music playing, yes. Oh, so good. I'm very, very excited about this. But do you have just off the top of your head, do you have any um favorite Jason kills? Since it's his fortieth anniversary, we will give him a bit of cred, I reckon. What's your Ooh. favorite? I've got maybe two that spring to mind. I really like um I mean, they're not always in the best of the Jason films. Uh, there's three, actually. Yep. In, in, um, I can't remember which one it is, but when Jason takes Manhattan, is that eight or nine or something like that? Is it? Oh, God. Who fucking knows? There's so many of them. 
Um, um, yeah, so in that one, he fights a boxer uh, <laughs> in the streets of Manhattan. I'm just going. I'm just. Look, I'm actually now looking up, like, seeing uh, which. Uh, Friday yeah, 13, it's, five, six, it's, it's eight. It's number it's eight. eight yeah. He fights a boxer and for some reason the boxer just decides that he can box Jason and just starts boxing him in his own oh, no, hockey mask and he's punching Jason up heaps and then he just like gets so tired out and he's like having a breath and Jason just looks at him and then just punt, uppercuts his head off like Mortal Kombat style. <laughs> um, I love that one. I love the one in Freddy, uh, Freddy vs. Jason, the one where he comes in and uh, the guy is laying face down on a bed and Jason comes in and uh, stabs him a whole bunch in the back and then folds the bed up uh, from each side up. So it, it uh, bends his back the wrong way and his legs are up with his head. I, I yep. thought that one's a really good one. And I also like in Jason X when he freezes the girl's face in like um, liquid nitrogen and then just smashes her face on the bench because it's all frozen or breaks apart. They're my three, what's of my favorite uh, Jason deaths. Do you have any? I, or I actually I feel that um, probably I will 100% agree with you. Um, the Freddy versus Jason one where he basically just like snaps that fucking guy in half in the in the bed and he's still like shaking there with his, his beer can in his hand. And that, <laughs> that's a solid kill. That That's a solid movie. I, I think anyone who hates that movie is you're wrong. There you go. Yeah, because it does that whole thing of like, all the people, you know, they've dealt with Freddie and they've put all the people that remember him in the, in the is it Western Hills? What's the place called? Yeah, I think it's Western Hills. Yeah, definitely. Western Hills Psychiatric Ward. And and then, like, they kind of handled it, the adults in it. And because I watched this recently, the kids just fuck it up. They get out and then start Nothing telling is. everyone about Freddie. And then, like, in the next scene, they're like, oh, dude, if people remember him, he comes back. Oh, no, we fucked it up. Like, yeah, you did. You stuffed yep. it up. You should stay in the mental institution. The parents did the right thing. They were trying to protect the whole world from Freddy. You're a dickhead. But it tries to make the <laughs> it tries to make all the adults out as the bad guys, but they're fully not because it's the only way to stop Freddy. And they were the only people to stop him up until that point where these bloody dickhead teenagers just didn't want to be in prison for the rest of their lives. <laughs> That's right. I like. I find that as I get older, I relate more to the. So you know, you're sitting watching it as a teenager, and you're like, yeah, these teens are like doing shit that the adults couldn't do, and now I'm like. Yeah, you gone done fucked up, AA Ron. Like you kids are the worst. Yeah, I hate it. I hate it when you start sympathising with like the, the the bad guy adults in films nowadays. Where you're like, no, actually, they're right. You guys are the dickheads. Yeah, <laughs> that was to me they, all the time. We've been watching uh, that '70s show, and I am one hundred percent Red Foreman. I love him. He is he is <laughs> the man. Yeah, it's it's great. As you get older, you just appreciate <laughs> different characters. I sympathise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's great. Oh, should we move on to the next next one? What's the next news we've got for this week? Well, uh, in keeping with anniversary theme, House of Wax, uh, the remake, turns 15. So and this is, this I, is the and, remake of House of Wax turns 15. Yeah. So um, in the late 90s, uh, Dark Castle Entertainment started producing and re- releasing remakes of William Castle classics. So in 99, we had House on Haunted Hill, which is a solid film. Mm. Uh, 2001, 13 Ghosts, um, also another great film. 2002, we had Ghost Ship, which has one of my favourite uh, opening scenes for any horror film. I um, agree. That's on The Wire, isn't it? Or The yeah. Steel Cable? Yeah. That's um, I get, because you've got 13 Ghosts there, I always get them confused, those two films, on like yeah, okay. which one it is, because like, I know I've said to people, you know, 13 Ghosts, when The Wire comes across, people are like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, uh-oh. 
stuff that my <laughs> films got me. Yeah, but yeah, that opening, man. I remember saying that. I do think as well that that is the best part in the entire film. Like oh, you can, is. you you can basically t- you press stop, rewind that video, put it back on your shelf after you've watched that bit. Pretty much, and I'm th- I'm pretty certain that I used to do that quite a lot. I just I watched that opening, like yeah, I'm done. I'll I'll, I'll go on to something else. So mm. yes. Um, and then, of course, House of Wax was released in 2005 and Dark Castle kind of stopped uh, remaking films and tried to sort of go out on their own and do stuff. So, yeah, we're celebrating House of Wax 15th birthday and I feel old. Mm, and after um, Paris Hilton's video debut in her, like, night vision sex film, they thought she <laughs> she was so great in that, in that, they might as well get her for a film now. And so she yeah. was in that, wasn't she? You know, she she really honestly wasn't that bad in it. Like, she was no worse than any other kind of actor in any other horror film. That is true, but um, that's an unpopular opinion of the day. But boom, boom, oh, and the Twitter's blowing up. Oh dear. <laughs> uh, I remember seeing that film in the cinema. My, I think I went with my older brother. Um, and like it was a solid solid horror film like the bit where she's you know her mouth is glued together and she's got a you know finger poking up through the the grate in the ground and you know brother's in it's like that oh my god is is he gonna forget and he just sort of this guy just bends down and just snips her finger off with a pair of garden shears i'm like oh yep that's great that's yeah solid no so good um of course it had uh the young Jared Padalecki from uh, Supernatural that the girls seem to go crazy for. So He is a bit of a start, isn't he? Uh, he's, a, he's a classic example of man meat. Yeah, I think so. And I like that they paid him out the whole way through the film for having a He-Man haircut. That was great. That is good. That is good. I think we've a... Uh, what else is there? Texas Chainsaw Massacre reboot update. Yes. Ooh. So again... Um, what was this uh, one on? JoeBlow.com. Yeah, we, so, we should have been we should have been mentioning these uh, where these news articles are coming from. I just realised <laughs> the internet. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> well, we're just we're, we're just a news program. We're just regurgitating the news. So. That's right, but we do it a lot cooler, and we're Australian, so suck on that, Joe Blow. Not really. I love you. You're a great site. Yeah. Um. So yeah, the obviously, again with the COVID situation, a lot of productions have been halted. Um, but uh, the producers uh have also just released some information about the upcoming Texas Chainsaw Massacre reboot. Um, it's going to be very similar to the Halloween, where it's sort of depicting a sixty-year-old Leatherface years down the track. Um, mm-hmm. so they've got uh different interpretations of killer. In the past, but this time he's been renamed uh, several times, and this time he's going to be a six-year-old character. Um, six-year-old. Sixty. Sixty-year-old oh. uh, characterized. Six-year-old six that carrying around a chainsaw, just dragging it behind him. <laughs> I would one hundred percent watch that. Let's make that happen. It's like they, they could. It's about time they crossed over. I mean, I've already brought it up once now, but like, why not have like Texas Chainsaw Massacre and it's Chucky? Why <laughs> like, not? Like mash that, mash that IP up. Well, these are films that we would, we would all watch it. You could, you could put, I just want them all in a ring. Let's battle it out. We'll watch it. Everyone will watch it. I remember um, when I was growing up, like Fangoria magazine had like a poster in the middle once and it had like, it had Freddie, Jason, Michael Myers, and I think like Pumpkinhead. Do you remember when he was in Vogue? <laughs> was and, he um, ever really in Vogue? Yeah, man. He was the best. 
and Leatherface all in the same photo shoot and they were just all in a graveyard together. Like they'd got them all, the actors did, did them up. And I just remember to look at that post and I'm like, man, imagine like the crossover of that and how crazy it would be. <laughs> like, oh, that, that would... it, ha- it happened a little bit in Freddy versus Jason where like they started killing each other's prey and they were getting angry with each other. And I thought that was really cool. Yeah, you know he's he's just getting sort of sort of mad at everyone else about oh that was she was mine I was I was gonna kill her yeah um, of course we know Freddie is the the superior character I guess Japanese is the most powerful out of those guys I really don't know um well he can al- he can always bail back to his dreams I mean Jason is unkillable that's his one power like so yeah. he's pretty good but like. He's just a walking kill machine where Freddie always threw some humor in and he was really creative in how he killed people. Like, he enjoyed his work. But Jason just did it for his bloody mum. Just well, to yeah. s- smooch up to her jumper that was on the table. <laughs> <laughs> sniff sniff up a bit of mum smells every now and then. <laughs> like, mm, smells like mother. Mm. Yeah. That, I mean, I've always been partial to Freddie because he's been more creative and because he's got that humor. He's, you know... Jason is definitely that unstoppable killing machine. He, you know, he he does it for the paycheck, whereas you know Freddie, he does it for the love of it. So, you know, he yeah. just loves killing kids. Who doesn't? Oh, I know, especially ratty teens. <laughs> that I always, I didn't like in the new remake of Freddie where they made him into a child molester. I was like, oh man, that's kind of like spitting on his name a bit. I thought, <laughs> like the. Yeah, that that had a tenth anniversary coming up the other the other day, and I sort of thought to myself, should I give it a rewatch? I've only saw it once at the cinema, and absolutely hated it. So yeah, I like, thought to myself, I'm not going to watch that. I will just continue living my life. Taking out the pure essence of what Nightmare on Street was, like, I mean, he was a child murderer. I mean, he's a yes. teen murderer. He, no, he actually did kids as well. But, like, it was weird, like, because he was so, like, charismatic and stupid and funny and horrors at that time had that comedy horror vibe to them, like uh, Night of the Walk. Was it Return of the Walk, Living Dead and stuff? Is it Return? Is that the funny one? Uh, um, they're all funny after a while. Um, yeah. yeah. But there was Return one that was, of like, Living Dead. Yeah, Return of the Living Dead. Um, and then, like, to bring, like, to remake Nightmare on Elm Street and the opportunities they had with the special effects of today with just working that dream angle to maximum. And they just didn't. Like, mm. they had bits like, oh, look where we are now. Like, but I'm like, no, just go, just go bloody inception on that dream shit. Do the dream yeah, within a dream within a dream. Cause they used to do that in Nightmare on Elm Street all the time. Yeah. Like the bit where the, you'd wake up and it, you'd still be in the dream. And the, um, the moment in Nightmare on Elm Street, cause you had your characters that had stayed up for so long. And the moment any of them closed both their eyes for like one second could be the point where it's changed over, where they've passed out or like, you yeah. know, like going into, and like, you just didn't get those cool vibes in that one. And then to make him a bloody pedo, I'm like, come on, right? Like, you don't have yeah. to hate Freddy. You have to hate the kids <laughs> to well, enjoy that, a Freddy movie. <laughs> that's right. You know, that's, that's the whole point of Freddy. Like, I'm rooting for Freddy the whole time. I don't think there's ever been a time where I've been like, oh, yes, teen. You yeah, get yay, away from him. No, away, I want to see what he, how he's going to toy with you, what he's going to do, and then how the fuck he's going to kill you because it's going to be amazing. But you also always did get the payoff at the end of how they're going to kill him and how ridiculous is he's like, you know, are they going to be 
faces exploding out of him. You know what I mean? Like I, you yeah. always loved the Freddy death as well. They always went to town on the, you know, light bursting out of him and he's spinning around and stuff like that. Like, and I, you didn't, I, I feel we didn't get that even in that new Nightmare on Elm Street remake. Um, no, I couldn't even tell you how they killed him. I, I, like I say, I saw it once at the cinema and that, that was pretty much it for me. And like make him into, I know some people might like, but like they made him into like an actual looking burn victim. And I was like, ah. I think that's just Jackie O'Haley, to be honest. He kind of does look like a burn victim. <laughs> oh, God. But Sorry. do you know what I mean? Like, they, they kind of went away with that, like, stylized look of what he looked like. Yeah. And into, like, an actual burn victim. And I'm like, oh, I don't know, man. Like, if I was a burn and victim watching that, I wouldn't want to watch it. <laughs> like, I'd be pretty upset, too. Well, I think that's what a lot of people had the problem with was A, okay, you're rebooting a classic film where the actor is still alive and very able body to do this and you've just you've taken away what he did for it did he get he, asked i don't i don't know i'd have to look into that i don't know if he got asked i mean he's he's done the outfit several times for a couple of different things but yeah i guess sometimes they just want to reboot it for the sake of money yeah money money anyway back it's all about take, money. back to texas chainsaw reboot you've got a quote Yes. Um, so read they me, were basically read me the quote. Read you the quote. Um, so they basically come out and said that there have been a few different interpretations of the killer in the past, um, and he has been renamed several times in various origin stories. Um, in this telling, he's a six-year-old and characterized as having a big build. He's not a bodybuilder and may even be slightly obese. Uh, he also wears church clothes that are too tightly fitted. <laughs> um, Wait, so he's a fat man in church clothes that don't fit fine go yeah so that's pretty comical in itself like you know um so leatherface is additionally described as a comp as complex um though he is also listed as a non-speaking role because generally he doesn't speak in the films um he primarily expresses himself with guttural noises that range from a howling belly laugh to a pig-like squeal uh, most of his time is spent inside watching TV, uh, which is something that triggers his laughter. It is also revealed that he shields his face in an effort to avoid his picture being taken. End quote. Um, end quote. It sort of makes me want to watch a Golden Girls style horror flick where all of these aging killers are just hanging out in a retirement village, living their best lives and well, that- reminiscing about all the ki- kids they killed. That kind of, that like little quote that you did, kind of just, that's what that was. Just an old dude watching TV, laughing, doesn't want his photo taken. He's fat now. He, he wears yeah. his old clothes that don't fit. Like church clothes. What are exactly church? Because I thought, thought a, a pastor or a preacher, but like that's not church clothes. That's like, so they mean like your best Sunday clothes that you wear to church. Yeah, your, your Sunday best. I'm, I'm thinking maybe some some uh, brown brown slacks, white shirt, uh, probably one of those white shirts with no sleeves, and mm. so uh, no apron. No apron. That would be Ooh. it. Would be better if he was re- wearing that. But we'll see. Um, so many interpretations. You know, I've still never seen the the one with uh, Renee Zellweger and Matthew McConaughey. Uh, which year was that? Is that the? I, th- I think that was the third one. I don't think I. I may have seen it. There was the remake one that had the. Uh, there was the hitchhiker shot the girl in the head and the camera oh, went through back out through her head out back through the gunshot of the car. And I was like, well, 
I'm done. I can just go home after watching that amazing <laughs> gunshot like scene. I, I don't need uh, anything the, more out of that film. That was, that whole film was amazing. Like that, that film was just like, I, a lot of people don't like reboots and remakes and, you know, don't, don't touch the classic and don't get me wrong. The original Texas Chainsaw Massacre is a classic, but I really, really enjoyed the the reboot. I thought they did an amazing job with it. And a lot of it came down to those kinds of special effects. Like that scene was insane. Yeah, it's crazy. And they would yeah. have put like, you know, days work into that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I remember, you know, back when I was still buying DVDs, like I spent $40 at the time on the collector's edition. So I, just so I could get all those, you know, special feature interviews and stuff because you know i like that kind of thing i like to know all about the film and how they made it and i think mm. they did it like a 10 15 minute segment just on how they they did that scene with Was an air like, gun and stuff like that well practical effects yeah i like oh, the man. good practical effect dude like practical effect is my jam as a child i always wanted to work in um special effects uh especially after i saw like the thing and that oh, dude yeah. and that dude was like 21 that did all the effects on that Ugh. And I was like, get out, get out. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I never did, obviously. I just became, <laughs> became the, 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 the stunning man I am today. But like, <laughs> all right, I reckon we've done that. That's great. Yeah. So moving on to story number one, two, three, four. Story number five. What have we got? Uh, yeah. So it's also from joeblow.com. Also from Joe Blow. Lots of great sites out there. Uh, the Parasite production company CJ, so Parasite, the film that came out this year, uh, everyone raved about it. Uh, so oh, they're teaming up with Ari Aster, who did Hereditary and Midsommar, uh, to cool. produce a remake of the South Korean cult thriller Save the Green Planet. Save the Green Planet. Oh, my God. I have I've not seen this film, so I'm very interested uh, to see how they come up. Have you seen it? Um. You know what? Is that it was in it, I, I went through a massive uh uh Mike, um what's his first name? Takashi Takeshi Mike uh yep. thing. And around that time is when I, I discovered Save the Green Planet, which I don't think is by him. Um I'm trying to remember if I've seen it or not. But I do remember I have watched the trailer and the trailer is good enough just to watch itself. I believe it it, it involves um uh, a, a punk version. This is like going back like twenty years. Like a punk version of Somewhere Over the Rainbow is oh, in the is in yep. is in the trailer, okay. uh, and <laughs> okay. it just look crazy. I it, yeah. And what do we got there about a man who believes in the in the world is on the verge of an alien invasion and sets out to save the planet by first kidnapping his boss. Yeah, it's a. I think it's a meltdown film, like a falling down, but it yeah, might be well, happening. That was that was the the very simple the version that they've sort of described it as but you know knowing these kinds of films and the people that create these films it's going to be so in depth and intense yeah. and i think as well like ari aster's doing such amazing work like hereditary was amazing midsommar was like pretty damn good as well i think so he's just going to turn this into something horrific I've, but I'm i feel not this sure is this is a passion piece for him. I reckon he loves the save the green planet and now he has notoriety. He has the push and he just like, has got this opportunity to actually, you know, saying I, I, cause what, what, how would they get maybe? Yeah. So now, and now that, um, Parasite had such a cinema success kind of thing, 
Yeah. Um, it's a good in into that like uh, South Korean kind of like uh, film film market, and he's seen that, and he's like, dude. Talk to the parasite Jesus, dude. I love Save the Green Planet. Let's remake that like together. It'll be wicked. Do you think it's going to be Korean cinema or it's going to be American cinema? I think it's going to be American cinema, and I I feel and I always worry when because everything does get lost in translation sometimes. Like with these kinds of films, it works because it it comes from that country with that culture with that their style of humor. Um, so you know, like Tokyo, oh, what are those films? Like Robo Geisha and all those kinds of films. Oh like yeah, like have... Gore Police or whatever they're called and stuff. And... Yeah, Tokyo Gore Police. Thank you. Um, like they've got their their style, and I don't feel that it would translate if it, they were remade by an American company. But again, no. this is it's still the production company that released Parasite. So who knows? It could be could be interesting. And I mean, I love an alien invasion film, and I know you love an alien invasion film. So. This is definitely something that I'm keen to watch out for. It is true. This might be a contender for our homework this week, Save the Green Planet. Mm. I think so, yeah. Anyhow, um, I think I'm looking forward to that. I, as I said before, I was a massive uh, Mikey fan growing up. Itchy the Killer, like uh, Audition, all these films, which I was like, I just got obsessed with. I mean, um, with, with that director, which is not this director or the same country, um, but Asian cinema, we'll call it that. Um, he had his he had his douse his his douse of horror in there and comedy horror and just awkward films and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll be all over this. Any remake of like classic Asian horror and stuff like I love the I love the Ring remake. Like I actually think the American one is a great film. It um, is, yeah. Rings and Ring Two is terrible. Um, oh yeah. But yeah, you just stop at that first one because there's nothing more you can really tell in the Ring franchise. Just say. People just can't get over the fact that you can't win in the ring. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's, it's such a great concept. You can't win. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter how many secrets you unravel or how you work out what the tape means or what it means on the tape. It doesn't matter. You, you don't win. You're you don't. don't. Yeah. And it's such a, when you work that out, it's like, man, that is horrific. You're done. You're done. Yeah. <laughs> I can't well, hear. Have you, have you checked out the new... Uh, grudge film so there's like they've obviously they've remade the grudge with sarah michelle geller and they've just recently remade it again uh so i never liked the remake of the grudge i thought the grudge was boring i, I thought it was just, it was just about a, a building it had a stain on a roof and had a water tower on the top and that cue credits like that's yeah. all I, I got out of the the uh american remake of that film i was just like oh god really and then like maybe one or two scary scenes but to me the child wasn't scary um, well, the only thing I remember is that really like terrible noise that the that it made. Yeah, like, the, uh, 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 I can't do it. But yeah, yeah, the, <laughs> that 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 noise that fifty percent of the people in the world can make anyway. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, uh, yeah, yeah, but but I mean, some people I know love the Grudge film, and that's fine. Everything is subjective, especially well, horror, fair. and horror has such a vast range of uh, uh, of ways that people interpret it and stuff that that's why we can do a weekly podcast about one genre of movie because it is such a huge genre of movies got ranging from ranging from like comedy all the way down to like pure like you know writhingly disgusting gore porn (laughs) like faces of faces nah face i didn't like those like the faces of death and all those things Oh, Shock- yeah. Shocking Asia 2. Do you remember that I, one? 
I remember a lot of those. Actually. I think they're the ones that, you know, when when you're a young kid and you're sort of like, okay, so we're a little bit older. So I remember going to the video shop and getting VHS. Mm. Um, so they were the kind of things that the, the VHS cover was amazing looking. And it was when you're back in, when you're young and you're getting into horror, it's like, oh, it's got to be hardcore. It's got to be gory. It's got to be this. It's got to be that. So you're going for all these kinds of things and you're not necessarily appreciating like, this one particular film because it's not what you think horror should be yeah kind of thing so yeah i think as i as i got a little bit older and i uh, studied film and stuff like that i i was able to sort of get my head out of my own ass about what horror is and just sort of enjoy everything for what it is these are things we probably should have these are things we should probably should at the start about ourselves like you have worked in a video shop a blockbuster a cinema Yep. Film school. I've also gone yep. to film school. I've worked at the South Australian Film Corporation for a while. Um, I was a wedding video editor. I was sure let, let's add that to the the opening of like yeah. who, who we are. We, so we, we have our we, we have our credit. We we've done our we've done our you know our hours in in the trade, if yeah. you would. Yeah, definitely. I, I yeah, one hundred percent. We we've got some credentials, guys. I. You know. Yeah, we said we didn't, but now we realise we do. <laughs> we kind of do. But again, like you know, uh, like I was saying to you the other day, there's, there is always going to be someone out there who knows a little bit more, who's watched a little bit more. Oh, everything. But, you know, well, that's right. So, just it's all subjective and how we like to go about uh, viewing and interacting with this media. So. Yeah. And it's how much fun you have with it, really. It's how much fun you have with the genre, not how much you know or who's wrong. It's just how much fun you, you're going to have with it. Because deep down, horror movies are fun. They're That's just exactly fun. exactly right. Yeah. And I, I love having fun with it. I love having fun watching it and, you know, how crap can this be? Oh, my God. Let's just turn the sound down and make up our own stories. It's, it's, it's so much fun. Yeah, exactly. All right. Moving on to our second, the penultimate uh, news story. Children, <laughs> Children of the Corn reboot shooting in Australia from DailyMail.co.uk. <laughs> I, I know, of all places. Uh, yeah, so Children of the Corn shooting in Australia on the outskirts of Sydney. And the reason we found this out was because uh, the cops came around and started questioning the film crew about why they weren't social distancing. Oh, so dear. they're all out in these cornfields having a break, just uh, doing cornfield things. And cops come by like, oh, hey, guys, you know, 1.6 metres or whatever it's meant to be. And Yeah. What, um, so, so in Sydney, out in the yeah. cornfields. Do I we, didn't uh, know Sydney had cornfields. Oh, there's photos on the, on there the link as photos. well. There are photos. have a look at some yeah. of it. Oh, they're all like, what are you doing, guys? I've got an ad blocker. Allow. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm going to have to turn that one off for this one. Refresh. Quality podcasting. So, yeah, New South Wales so Police. Going out there. What are you doing, guys? You know, so, yeah, making... it looks like it's the Ford versus Ferrari producer, um, Lucas something. Uh, where's his name? Yeah, I, I don't know his name either. Yeah, Lucas. Old mate Lucas uh, out there filming some... Uh, Children so, of the Corn action. So, so the, I, are you a Children of the Corn fan? I went through a stage, yeah. which, also, which also led me down the path of Village of the Damned and stuff like that, um, nice. which is nothing really to do with them, each other, but they kind of feel the same. So what was the name of the kid in it? Caleb? Caleb? Yeah. There was uh, Malachi. 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 Yeah. And he's, it's, an, it's the name of the, is that the name of the bird in, 
in the regular show as well? That's Mal- Mordecai. <laughs> Mordecai. Damn it. Damn it. Mordecai. Sorry. Anyway, um, yeah, I always love those names of those characters in Children of the Corn. And then... Um, uh, Jeb, old mate Jedediah. Not Jebediah, yeah. but Jedediah. Jedediah. Like, such such good names of... um. You get those those names of those characters that stick with people forever, like Damien Omen. Like no yeah. one wanted to call their kid Damien no. for a while, and around the time of Children of the Corn, probably no one wanted to call their kid Jedediah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anyone now wants to call their kid Jedediah. I don't think anyone ever called their kid Jedediah. <laughs> oh, I don't know, Americans. What do you reckon? Oh, the yeah, people Jedediah probably. Yep. Nah, yeah, there would be um, a bit the, the backwaters. Oh, I just I just remember uh, that that ginger that ginger boy walking Linda Hamilton through the streets screaming Outlander Outlander we have your woman Outlander <laughs> oh the way he did it was ridiculous and I they loved were, it they're just a cult in the end weren't they they weren't like no oh, they were supernatural there was like yeah there was a supernatural in the sequels especially yeah and they I nev- loved that the young guy that played. The main baddie was uh, one of the Boyle crew from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Oh, really? Yes. So, yeah, I didn't know that. Children of yeah. the Corn, 1984. Oh, oh God, what, I wasn't what? born yet. Oh, I was. I was definitely. It's a Stephen King book, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. The Stephen King universe. Like, only recently I've worked out when I say I've worked out, only recently I read <laughs> that um, <laughs> all of his films is the same evil, apparently. Yeah, okay. Like, so, um, I know if you wa- I watched the remake of, uh, what was it, Pet Cemetery the other day? Yep. And they're like, that's all, um, and there's signs of them driving to their town. It's just outside of, like, is it Derry? Derry? Yes. Yep. So, apparently, yes. the whole Stephen King, like, it... Um, all of them are that same evil from that meteorite kind of thing or whatever it was. Like yeah. that's in the, all like um, the Tommyknockers, all those things are the same things. They're all yeah. alien, alien based horror. Apparently uh, the yeah. thing in the mist, uh, all that stuff is supposed to be the same. And they're like the deadlights are a massive part of it. Apparently um, I haven't read into it a lot. There are a lot of essays about it. But it's a kind of cool idea, but it does sound like a tacked on thing that he said afterwards, eh? Like, <laughs> I mean, I do like a universe where everything is. And I think they sort of talk about that a lot in Castle Rock, the TV series, like how everything's sort of interconnected in its own little way, which I do like a universe. But I mean, Stephen King, for me, like I love a lot of the adaptations. There's a lot that I haven't read and a lot that I haven't seen, but I 100% appreciate him for everything that he does. And I'm probably not as well read as I should be for someone who likes horror. Just looking at all these children of the corn pictures at the moment on the internet, it it should they just all look like baristas. <laughs> all the all the cast of the bad people, they're just they're just trendy baristas before their time. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, okay. Man. You're not you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Is there a TV show of this? It seems like something that would uh, be a good ad- adaptation. There are a lot of films. Yeah, I mean, I would have thought that they would have at some point done a telly movie, because um, why wouldn't they? There's a lot, a lot there. So there's there's five, I think. Is there more than five? Oh, I think there's more than that. Oh, there could be but... ones that don't have numbers. Oh, Children of the Corn six six six. That's the sixth one. I'm like genius. 
Not many horror <laughs> films get to six that they can actually use the old uh, number of the beast for their numbering, but I would. Oh, yeah, use it every time you can. Exactly. All right, I've, uh, I've digressed from what we were talking about. So our last news item. It's always good to end on a bit of Macaulay Culkin. Hey, look, I, you know I like Macaulay Culkin, so I just had to add that one in there. Um, I mean, who, so, who doesn't? Well, yeah, he's... Party, party Monster, man. Can't go past that I, film. I love Party Monster. It's got a great soundtrack. Marilyn Manson's in it. You know, Seth Green. Everyone's in it. It's great. Mm. Anyhow, the news article is as follows. Uh, basically. Um, so, obviously, everyone... A lot of people are a big fan of Ryan Murphy's American Horror Story and Macaulay Culkin is returning to the screen to be in this film. And as it turns out, he was pitched the idea from Murphy himself that, uh, you know, your character is really weird and intense and insane and you basically are going to have some crazy erotic sex with Kathy Bates. No, no. Quote, crazy (laughs) erotic sex, end quote. (laughs) You Uh, have to have your quotes. They're the best. You have to say that's their exact wording. (laughs) Kathy Bates. Um, So with Kathy Bates, and he basically said it was the role that he was born to play and signed up then and there on the spot. So not only are we excited. I mean, I'm not really huge into the American Horror Story uh, series personally, but Macaulay Culkin's in it. I will watch it. Yeah, my wife's into it. She really liked the Asylum one, I think. The asylum like, one was good, yeah. People people like their 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 uh their 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 seasons in that show. You know what I mean? Like you talk to someone, like, I liked this season. I liked this one. I only watched the first one, and to me, it was just like a weird like like ghost comedy. It seemed like like a bunch of people yeah. living in a house that were ghosts and a family. I don't know. I it it didn't really do it. But um, Kathy Bates, man, that's a that's a strong that's a strong call for a sex scene. But that's a strong a, woman. She, uh, I mean, Macaulay Culkin, he's not, mu- he's not, he's not the Hulk. He's not like, he's not a big he's, man. He's, he's bulked out a bit. He's, he's looking good nowadays. He's looking very good nowadays. Mm, I actually watched a video with him yesterday because he does a lot of stuff with the angry video game nerd. And yeah. uh, he did a, uh, they did a, re- what was it? A review of Big Trouble in Little China together. It was very good. Okay. Um, I'll definitely have to watch that. Yeah, they do uh, video reviews. So they set up like, as if they're they work in a video shop and like, oh, and, like and um so him and angry video game nerd work in the video shop together and then they review it and then it just turns into a podcast basically so they do a little skit at the start kind of thing I don't know if they continually do that but they did for this one and it was yeah good. well cause he I mean he hasn't really been doing because he has he has his own podcast bunny his podcast um but yeah he's not really been doing anything with that I'm assuming it's because of American Horror Story but also not a lot of stuff's happening because of the COVID but. Yeah, so we will see. We will see. I'm very excited. Mm, mm. So let's move on to our next part of the show, our next section. So that's the news for the week. So now we've got, I mean, we haven't gone for an hour already, so it's easy to do an hour. I know. <laughs> like, here I was thinking that how the hell are we going to get to an hour? It's because I rant. No, it's because good. Yeah. So we're going to go through what we've been watching, but we're only going to say, talk about maybe one of those things, if you know what I mean. Like, so yeah. we'll yeah. run through the Maybe list. But, but, yeah, kind of thing. Oh, uh, so this week I watched, um, and these are horror movies, obviously. Of course, I watched Terrorvision, the movie, the name that we named the show after. Thought I'd give it a bit of a watch, bit of a rewatch. Nope, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to lie to you guys. I hadn't seen it. <laughs> I had not seen Terrorvision until this week. Um, 
and it was great. Also, I watched The Cure on Netflix. Um, or was it Stan? Oh, I should have written that down, which has um, Ellen Page in it. And I also watched the Tokyo Ghoul live movie, which is uh, Tokyo Ghoul is an anime um, that they have made into a live action film, which um, just off the cuff was a, was a great film. Uh, you know how sometimes those anime films just don't work. This one worked. So if you didn't even know about, you didn't know it was a, a, a manga or an anime, you wouldn't have picked it kind of thing. It just stood alone as its own horror film. I'm going to talk about The Cure. So The Cure, um, I'm going to bring up my, I might bring up stuff about it so I can actually name the piece. So we had Ellen Page in it. Oh my God, I just brought up the band. <laughs> um, oh my God, there's like a thousand Cure movies out there. This is, oh, here we go, film. <laughs> No, I'm not going to be able to do it. Anyway, I'm just going to talk about it. I had it all written down. No, I'm not going to find it, am I? Nope, I'm not going to find it. There is a thousand films, apparently, that are called The Cure. I should have had this set up. Here we are. It's, so it's an English uh, zombie film with Ellen Page. Of English or Irish? Irish. Uh. Yeah, so I'm just going to I'm, I'm going to wing it off the bat with no... Um, I can't remember the director. I don't have that information. It was made... It's on... It's on I'm pretty sure it's a Netflix film. You know how they have their own actual films? Yes. Um, man. It's just annoying me that I can't find um, the actual one that it's based on. Anyhow, I'm gonna, I digress. So you got Ellen Page. It's set, so it's a zombie film set in Ireland. Ireland. Um, people put on I- Irish accents when they feel like it in the film. <laughs> like, so I love when that happens. Yeah. And it's set after the zombie apocalypse. So the apocalypse has happened. They have worked out a cure. And it's just in the first stages of this cure that the first batch of people are being let out into society after being a zombie and coming back into society. The the the, the hitch is that when you get the cure and you become turned back into a human, you remember everything that you did whilst you're a zombie. So let that sink in for a while. So you can oh. imagine, you can have, like, you remember if you'd attacked your family, you'd rip your parents apart and your loved ones and your wife and your children, uh, you remember everything. Uh, and you remember like the urge, you know, like you just like, I couldn't stop myself. I wanted to do it kind of thing. And um, it, so then it deals with them. So they're called the cured. Then there's another bunch of people and they're called the rejected. And they are people who have rejected the, um, uh, the cure. And they're still zombies and it's not working for them. And then you have normal people. So you get this uh, big thing straight away. It's like these people, now that they have a cure, the people that are the rejected, which are still zombies, theoretically have more rights now because there is a cure. So you can't just kill them like zombies anymore because there is a potential that they could become back in people again. So you get that weirdness in it. Then you get the normal people going, okay, but we don't want there's a lot of people that hate the cured because they were zombies. They murdered their friends. Like fathers meet their son again and like, I can't talk to you. I saw what you did to your mother and stuff like that. So there's this massive divide, like a, almost like a, 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 um, a wage, uh, you know, a, a class divide. So all these, yeah. Like, so, um, all, and the, all the people that are the cured get treated like they're scumbags. So it's a martial laws in and they're, they're at any time they can be like, you know, executed they have like uh age uh, what are they called like cl- uh 
case case workers that oh, work yeah, with them. Kind of like on probation. Yeah, they're like they're like criminals being let out, and for so to them, uh, and they they're dealing with the guilt of everything they've done, plus with a society that hates on them for a thing they had no control over doing, and it's just this. And it turns out really well. I'm not going to get into the nitty gritty of the actual story. Ellen Page is, she takes in her brother-in-law who she doesn't know actually killed her husband Oof. and he, he keeps it to himself. Cause like, you don't want to let that one out. <laughs> like, um, no, which was, really which, which is his about. brother. So he killed his own brother, which was her. And, um, cause he turned into a zombie and it's one of those fast acting ones. So you get bitten and in like 10 seconds, you're one of them. Like, like a 28 days later, kind of like, you know. Fast running yep. zombies. The zombies yep. also have a, whilst they're zombies, because now they can talk, they said there's a connection between them. So the people that are the cured, zombies who aren't cured, don't attack them. Right. They're like, so in, if in, and so then the cured people rise up and they're like, well, we're clearly the next version of human that should be because we, we fear nothing. Mm, like well, what? What do you fear now that you've uh, you've died? You've come back. You've ripped your family apart. And the zombies really don't what? attack you, so you're yeah. uh, to them. And everyone they have a weird connection with all the people that were were zombies. So they um, you know, they got like it's kind of like a pack mentality. It's kind of weird. Very cool movie. Um, not a super amount of horror in it. There are elements of horror. There are zombie outbreaks. There's gore and stuff like that. But you've got and being set in Ireland. I've never seen any film set in Ireland, eh? Um, for most of the time, it just looked like East Enders to me, <laughs> but, um, sure. um, uh, I mean, I don't like to rate films, so I'm not going to, I'm just going to leave it up to you. As I said, this is all subjective. So I'm just going to leave it up to what I've said about the film, whether you would like to go watch it kind of thing. Um, so yeah, that's it. My watch for this week, The Cure on Netflix. Why not? Fair you got enough. Netflix. Sit yeah. In, so watch it. it is on Netflix. Uh, it was directed by David Fryne. F-R-E-Y-N-E. I am so sorry if I do not pronounce names correctly. You can tell me off about that in the comment section. Uh, 2017 movie. There you go. I did watch, I think I started it, got about 10, 20 minutes in and I kind of gave up. And that was a that was a little while ago. Probably wasn't in the mood for a slow burner horror. No, um, no, I, I understand that. Like, yeah. like it was it was very slow at the beginning. Like, and if 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 you're not if 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 you think it's gonna be something that it's not, then you'll just be like, oh yeah, yeah, I, I don't want to do this kind of thing. But yeah, I gave it its I gave it its you know. Hmm. I gave See, it I'm its... Not, I'm also not partial to zombie films. I they're not my Ooh. go-to. I do like a lot of the '80s, uh, you know, Night of the Living Dead series kind of ones. But as as far as you know, going out of my way to watch a zombie film, I don't generally do that. You think, uh, are, you, are, you, are you worn out with The Walking Dead being so popular and then zombies were so, as a person who works, uh, own, co-owns a comic shop, zombies went massive for a while. I eh? know every yeah. comic came out, Marvel zombies, Walking Dead, all of them did their zombie thing. Deceased just recently for DC, ceased and stuff like yeah. that. But I understand the burnout of zombies. Um, but then you get the movies like coming, I, there's all these people trying to do like their versions of it. Uh, what's the one with uh, Drew Barrymore in it? Uh, the TV show, uh, like oh, Santa... the Santa Clarita Diet. Yeah, is she a zombie? She's undead. There's something undead. to do with a ball. I I I did watch the I think the first season. It was actually really well done. Mm. Um, yeah, different different sort of views on that one. And then you get um, Jim Jarmusch's uh, "The Dead Won't Die." Uh, the dead don't die. That's don't that was die. great. 
Uh, Tilda Swinton in pure Tilda Swinton form. I just think all you need to do to get me to watch a film is say Tilda Swinton and I'll just be there. Like, I mean, she's in one of my favorite horror films of all time, like the, um, uh, the only lovers left alive. One of my favorites. I have this weird love for really long, uh, drawn out horror movies. Like some of my ones I love the most is like, you know, only lovers left alive. I love uh, beyond the black rainbow. Um, I love hereditary. So these are all films that aren't traditionally the horror films I love, but they're the ones I love the most. It's a weird, do you know what I mean? Like it's weird. Like, I, and then what, my, my third, fourth one is like brain dead kind of thing. So you like <laughs> polar opposite horror film, but it does show like the level of complexity and the range of what horror is. And um, yeah. hundred percent. And yeah, so that's me. The cu- Oh, it's called The Cured. It's not The Cure. There you oh, go. I'm such an idiot. This whole time <laughs> I've been saying the wrong name. Uh, I've been calling her Crandall. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, that's, it's fine. There's so many films with so many different names. It's true. Um, so I watched uh, Friday the 13th Part 2 uh, late last week. Just wasn't thinking about it. Just decided to chuck it on. Uh, mm-hmm. Great did solid you, film. Did did you do that because of the news of Scream and you thought about like that Jason's mother bit? No, no, I um. That was a, like so many people know that fact because of that film, hey. Yeah, I. So before you and I, like you and I, basically had a conversation on Tuesday about like we should start a podcast, and by Tuesday night we had pretty much had everything organized, and I'm I'm pretty certain I had watched it on the the Monday afternoon anyway, so. It kind of worked out well. I was just in the mood for it, just something that I hadn't seen in a very long time. Um, that's a, still that's holds bag, up. Baghead, Jason, isn't it? That is Baghead. That is a continuity, like what the hell kind of Jason. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it's like, well, okay, let's disregard the first one and just do our own thing, which I, I loved. And it, it worked. It, it spawned a whole thing. So, yeah. I mean, look at Halloween 3, was it? Is that 3 Season the one the that? Witch, yeah. Yeah, nothing to do with it. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Doesn't hurt the yeah. franchise. It doesn't. If you and people lo- are getting on board with it now. Like people are rewatching it and being like, "Yeah, this is actually a pretty solid little film." And if, if you don't like it, just don't watch it again and just move on. There's no point in bloody throwing around ruining childhoods. There's no such thing. Oh God, no. <laughs> as, um, as, as both people who work in uh, pop culture industry, we he- we hear the old uh, "ruin my childhood" comments thrown around a bit. It, it, it gripes me. I can't handle uh, it. Yeah, it it does certainly grind my gears, yeah. Hmm. Anyhow, sorry, I interrupted. Um, no, no, uh, so I watched that. I also just uh, rewatched Shaun of the Dead, something to have on in the background while I was doing some stuff. And mm-hmm. um, I watched a fun little movie called Tentacles. Now, um, I don't know what this is. I've never even heard oh, of this. Okay. So Tentacles, uh, it... For any of you who do have Amazon Prime, it is streaming on Amazon Prime currently. It is a 1977 film directed by a man with a very lengthy Italian name. Um, <laughs> spaghetti. Spaghetti. Uh, it's Asonitis. Uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not even going to embarrass myself further. Um, basically, it's uh, it's like the if octopus was Jaws. Oh. Yes. Uh so several people disappear from and at the sea. Uh their their bodies are found gnawed to the skeleton. Even their marrow is missing. Uh scientists have no idea which animal could do such a thing. 
but Dr. Turner begins to suspect that the company which builds a tunnel beneath the bay might have poisoned the environment and caused an octopus to mutate to giant dimensions. What year did you say this was? This was 1977. Oh, so yeah, you're going like, you're going heavy. One year before my birth year. Oof. Well, if so, anyone knows, I am a huge fan. Uh, I like creature features. So anything giant animal related, I'm I'm all over it. Like the giant claw? Oh, the giant claw. Uh, bloody, I like them. Giant them. Ants. Oh, yeah, the ants, man. Can't yeah. go wrong with ants. Um. So this is an Italian-produced film which is shot in America. Uh, Henry Fonda and Shelley Winters. Uh, most of you would know Shelley Winters either from the original Poseidon movie or the great-grandmother in Roseanne. Either way. <laughs> they are both very out-of-place American actors for a film that is generally pretty well-dubbed because most of the, the people are, you know, speaking in Italian. Um, mm-hmm. But this this kind of this film has everything I wanted. So not only is there just like that crazy stock footage, so we we can't actually produce a giant octopus. So let's just use stock footage and use toy boats and an actual octopus to create oh. all of the the danger. And there's there's a couple of rubber uh, tentacles. Oh, yeah, I was gonna say there, there must be a, a tentacle that grabs a man that's rubber or something. Or uh, yes, it, it breaks a boat and grabs a woman. Um, which I think at one point it looked like it was grabbing a Barbie doll. So I was even more excited by, (laughs) very excited by that. So, um, Mm. yes, that one, I I mean, I'm not going to spoil how they, you know, they end it, but they get rid of the cephropod. (laughs) Well, there is a a face off. There is a face-off between the cephalopod and another cephalopod, creature. Cephalopod, that's the word. Yeah. I said it wrong, didn't I? Like a, like the true hero I am. Ah, you're, you're my hero, Dan. Excellent, excellent. Let's move <laughs> on to our next section, our last section, uh, since we're running a little bit over time, but actually there is no time. Um, but so let's do our last bit, movie of the week. So this is where we've um, – usually we would have homework where we decide a movie that we're going to watch the next week but uh, and then we talk about it. But being this the first episode, we obviously don't have, we haven't done one yet. So we we watch television. So and why not? Because it, we named the show after it. So we we watched the film. So let's move straight into it. Jen, go. Oh. What did you think of television? Nineteen eighty six. This one oh. came out. I love television. So it, it was one of those films that was always very elusive. Like you could never track it down. It's I think it only got released on DVD or Blu-ray like a few years back. Um, so it was just never available here. So I only watched it for the very first time, like a few months back. Oh my god, it's 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 crap, and I love it. I love everything about it. It's, it was it wasn't crap. Like when I first it, turned it on, I was like really impressed with the quality of the film, like how clear it was, and all like you know, and the quality of the sound of like usually in those old horror films, you know, you can just hear that they don't really know what they're doing. The microphones. Or yeah. the quality of the film looks bad, or the shots aren't placed properly. All those things were there. So to me, it it almost seemed like an uh, it was it was made by people who knew how to make a film. But yeah, yeah, yeah. No, like don't get me wrong. I, like I love this film. It is it's a solid film for me. It ticks all my boxes. Um, it, nowadays, it's it's considered very dated and silly. I I because I did think I would look into it a little bit further just while we we're having a talk about it, and I. 
read one of the very first reviews and they called it smugly stupid. And exactly. that's perfect. It, it is. It, is. It, it was perfect because this, this film is just silly and I love everything about it. So the premise of it, for the people who haven't seen it, um, we're not going to tell you the ending or anything, but the premise is there is, uh, it starts off in space. There is an alien and he is basically, uh, from what I get, he's an alien janitor and he's ejecting some garbage with a face into space, turning it into a radio wave. And that's how they get rid of their garbage. This garbage then proceeds to bounce off of a whole bunch of planets and then end up getting um, attracted to a rich family who have a state-of-the-art cable radar dish put into their house. Um, And from there, it can bounce out of the TV and do all these things. That's your premise. That's your your opening premise. Um, (laughs) The family themselves so you've got the mum and dad you've got the kid and you've got a grandpa living in the grandpa is obsessed with war he's a stereotypical you know like um ptsd person that's been in the war uh except he loves war he has a bunker built in his house uh with a you know a steel door with like the the uh what are those round things called like in resident evil you always have to find them, like a cog opener <laughs> oh yeah yeah <laughs> I don't know what they're called. And then you have the son, which uh, he loves his grandpa and he's obsessed with the army as well. And then you have, oh, and you also have the daughter, which is a, yeah. basically a ripoff of Cindy Lauper, who they've just added cute. added another wig on top of her wig. So she has massive hair, like, but she's, it's so she's a obvious. Punk rocker. She's, she is a punk rock chick. Um, she's actually in um, Bill and Ted, one of the Bill and Ted movies. Um, oh. Yeah. Is she one of the babes, the babe princesses? Yes, she is. Yeah, Diane Franklin is her name. She's uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. And I think she's in one of the Amityville, I think she's in Amityville 2, The Possession. Yeah, right. Amityville Murders. Yeah, she's pretty cute. Like she. And there's also someone else in that film as well, her boyfriend. Who was that? Oh, John Grice. Uh, many of you would know him as Uncle Rico from uh, Napoleon Dynamite, but he is in this sporting a really cool wasp t-shirt and a terrible, terrible wig. And yeah, and he's so he's like a punk rock with a leather jacket, and he's like, "Yo, dude, what's I- up, dudes? <laughs> that monster dude." And like, <laughs> I think if they had have made it in the nineties, it would have been Keanu Reeves for sure. Oh yeah, he sounded like Keanu Reeves. Like his voice yeah. was exactly that. So, and then you have the parents who are these overly sexualized swingers. Which yep. is totally out of left field. Like, I don't understand why. Oh, they're called the Puttermans, aren't they? The family. Yeah, the, the Puttermans. Yeah. So they're these swingers. So their whole house is full of erotic art. Yep. Um, which is weird because before they mention that they're swingers. So you're watching, like, what are those paintings on the wall and shit? And yes. then, um, and then, yeah, there's a whole swinging scene in it, which is like really. I don't know if I was down with it. I. <laughs> There was no boob. There was no boobs in this whole film, was there? No. So this uh, this film is the only reason it got the highest rating it did was because of all the sexual decorations uh, throughout the house. So the statues, the the prints, because there are no actual eighties horror boobs in this at all. There's no nudity. And especially um, for so many scenes that involve like there's like a foursome in a bed kind of thing, but not that kind scene of. reminded me of society, by the way. It did. It was very a la society. Like yeah. all the people merged into <laughs> But then they made it like weird incestual jokes and like 
really yeah, weird, the... awkward incest jokes about like how the grandpa pops out of the bed while they're having the orgy. Yeah. And it's just like, bit... I'm just in here taking care of business. And I'm like, oh, dear. <laughs> oh, dear. Forever um, taking care of business. Yeah. Always taking care of business. That, yeah, that scene where he's like, wank, like, apparently he's alluding to the fact that he's wanking when he's yelling out, I'm taking care of business. Yep. Whoa. Yep. Too many uh, old people wanking and having sex in that film. Yeah, so gross. But then, um, oh man, and then you get the monster and the monster is clearly where all their budget went into. 100%. And there's there's so much slime and and just green goop. And I love I love that kind of stuff. It For me, that works. And the, the melt and... All of this kind of thing. Mm. I really like the design of him. He reminded me heaps of Jimbo Freaked. That we've watched that. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, the one that had like Bill and Ted from well, one of the Bill and Ted's in it. Yeah, like when he turns into the freak and they make like that comedy. But the monsters at the end, like how they're all animated and stuff, it fully reminded me of that. Like the lots of yeah. effort put into every bit moves, the eyes move, the mouth moves, everything's kind of like flowing and moving there's snot coming out there's someone in there bumping stuff out of pussy zits and stuff uh, constantly and stuff like yeah. splurting out everywhere and then then oh. and, and yeah and then um oh and there's also the other character in it which is the the late night uh medusa character yes who is a very low rent like trailer trash version of elvira yes so uh, and which is on the television, and then she comes to their house because she thinks it's a party. It doesn't make any sense. Um, it, in tradition of horror movies, though, it had one of those endings like we got told not to write in year five, I remember, is that when you've run out of ideas, you can't just kill everyone in the story. <laughs> which within, like, there's three people left, and then the next second everyone dies, and it says the end. That is like, a spoiler alert, guys. Like, if, for those of you who haven't seen it, yeah, everyone dies. This movie came out. What year was it? Yeah, 1986. So if you haven't seen it by now. Also, it's really hard to track down. So if you are in Australia and do want to give it a watch, um, because, you know, we're not in America where we can, you know, buy DVDs that people produce, uh, there is a free version on YouTube to watch. So just type it in and it'll be there, the full movie. I wonder if and it's really legally on there. Mm, mm. Well, it's uh, better than illegally downloading it. Exactly, exactly, which we are, we frown upon hard, hard here at our television horror podcast. Uh, so now we've got to work out quickly, what's our homework for next week? We talked about, what was it? Um, I think uh, we should check out Save the Green Planet. But I'm not sure, is that a horror? I that- believe there is like, it's like a cult sci-fi horror thriller. Okay. I haven't seen I it, but there's a sh- lot of the. Uh, I think there's a lot to it. I mean, we could always give it a watch, and then we can have the discussion as to whether or not we do consider it to be a horror. Because I feel that there's a lot in it that is going to make it sort of broach that horror genre. That is true. That is true. Mm. All right, so I reckon we could uh, wrap it up now. That's our yeah. first episode. We we got through it, Jen. We did it. We did. We did. And I'm only slightly terrified. Nah, you're not terrified. I'll say a little bit of housekeeping. So we are um, television horror podcast. We are streaming to all uh, podcast services out there. So you can find us on stuff like iTunes. You can find us on SoundCloud. You can find us on Stitcher. You can find us on Spotify. We also have an Instagram, which is at television pod. Um, basically, everything that we do is at television pod, isn't it? I'm pretty yeah. sure. Yeah, I've, if- I've tried to make it that way. 
if you'd like to email us for any reason at all, um, we are terrorvisionpod at gmail.com. We will also probably be starting up a Discord uh, if once we get a little bit more of a following. And so you'll be able to probably join a Discord and we'll be able to talk about stuff in there. We later down the track as well, if everything goes smoothly, we will start up a Patreon if it goes good. If if it doesn't, we probably won't. But yeah, um, that's about it. Do, do you want to discuss anything else, Jen? I think that's it. I think we've had a jolly good chat and uh, yeah, like if you would like to, you know, chime in on what you'd like us to talk about, um, by all means, contact us on anywhere really, you know, Instagram, email, and yeah, we can look into some of your favorite horrors and it's go true. from there. It is early days. We haven't set up all our it socials is. yet, but we will get yeah. there. We need a catchphrase to end it with. We do. What does that say? Like, we have been Terrorvision Horror Podcast. <gasps> What's that catchphrase? Quick, go, Jen. Oh, God. Um, doom. Doom to you all. I don't know. Doom to you all. <laughs> Blood, know. gore, and blockbuster memberships be with you. <laughs> <laughs>